0: So today is sort of a, a quirky day in the church's calendar. Today is called Trinity Sunday. It always follows after the Sunday of Pentecost, and it is the only day in our calendar that commemorates a a doctrine rather than an event or a person. And oh, what a doctrine it is, isn't it? It is both the cornerstone of the Christian faith and a notoriously tricky bit of theology to get right, especially for preachers. We often like to, to use uh, s- seemingly helpful analogies from the physical world to-, to talk to you all about, things like the Trinity is a-, is, a- is a shamrock, or a wheel, or it's like the sun. The trouble with these metaphors is that they often distort more than they help. And even more than this, uh, the bad analogies, there-, there is this delicate path to, to journey on uh, a virtual Scylla and Charybdis. On the one hand, in speaking of the Trinity, we need to avoid anything that suggests that we are tri-theists, that is, that we, we believe in three gods. But on the other hand, in, a, in affirming the unity of God, we need to avoid speaking in such a way as to suggest that the, the real relations of the three persons of the Trinity is something that is illusory. And beyond, these challenges. Preachers need to preach in such a way that that we don't make your eyes cross over and put you to sleep. (laughs) I like to think that throughout the years of preaching on this day, I have mostly gotten the theology right and have also enabled a few moments of rest for my weary flock, (laughs) because the Lord knows I have preached some snoozers. I know, you guys laugh because you're like, no, it's true. <laughs> and so, we might ask, why bother, right? And it's not a bad question. We can certainly get through this day without uh, preaching in the sermon about uh, the Trinity at all. We might not even mention the word once, and we might even be better for it. And yet, I come back to to this day every year with uh, the desire to say something to you about the, the meaning and importance of this doctrine, because I think it is, it is wonderful. I always want to say something that, that, that suggests that, you know, for all of its complexity and for all of the precision that this doctrine demands, the, the doctrine of the Trinity is, is really quite simple, at least ultimately. And moreover, it's not as, as paradoxical as some folks like to think it is. It's not a math problem, for instance, where we, where we try to figure out how one is three or three is one. God's not a number. The doctrine itself is, is really not a mystery. But, but points to a mystery, or better, the ultimate mystery that is God. God. And I want to to find something meaningful to say, because when the Christian faith proclaims that God is is a trinity of persons and a unity of being, it is another way, perhaps a more precise way, of saying that God is love. That God is love from eternity and for eternity. This This quirky doctrine is an attempt to articulate the truth that God eternally delights in mutual relations of self-giving love. For Christians, when, when we say God, we mean that God is God as loving communion, that God is God through eternal relationship When we say that God is a trinity of persons, we only mean that God's life is marked by the eternal loving and mutual self-giving love of these persons one for another. As one author put it, the Father pours out the divine life to the Son. The Son speaks and embodies this divine life, and the Spirit brings both together And passionate delight and love. This is God from eternity and for eternity. Or so the Christians believe that this is who God reveals God's self to be. When we say that, that God is love, then we can better understand creation, I think. We can understand the universe and our place in it. Some ancient theologians spoke of creation as an an outpouring and an overflowing of God's love, which is to say that God did not need, was not demanded to create the universe to be a God as love, but God creates the universe so that creation might delight in this love and share in this love that is of eternity. Throughout the account of creation that we heard this morning from the book of Genesis, we hear again and again this refrain that runs through the reading, and God saw it was good. God creates out of love so that God might share the love that is God With that which is not God. God creates of love so that creation might share in the love that sits at the center of everything, so that creation might share in the ultimate reality, which is love. And as such, the love that is God is not a closed circle. God loves from eternity, but God invites creation to participate in this love, to to find meaning and purpose in this love. And humanity in particular is called to participate in the divine dynamic that is love. When God creates humanity, God creates us in God's very own image. God creates us out of love and for love with a dignity and worth that affirms our very nature. When God creates humanity, we are told that God saw everything that God had made, and indeed, it was very good. And so God's love for all of humanity is made known to us in creation. But it is even made even more known to us in Jesus Christ. For indeed, after the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, the church, that diverse community that arose in response to this reality of his life and death and resurrection, they found their language for God broken. And part of what we see in the history of the early church with the immersion of the doctrine of the Trinity that that took hundreds of years to, to formalize. What we see is this attempt to put language for God back together in order to give voice to the experience the church had of God in Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. What the church discovers in every generation is that God wonderfully made and even more wonderfully restored the dignity of human nature, by assuming our nature in Jesus Christ, and by giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit to live in our hearts. What those early Christians discovered is that, is that knowing God is more than knowing things about God. Rather, we come to know God as we live in relationship with God. We know God as we come to participate in God's very life that God makes available to us, And this is the depth of God's love for us, that God welcomes us to be in communion with God. We know God as we we live in communion with God through the sacraments and prayer and worship and in the community of the body of Christ and through service. It is for this reason that we must affirm the dignity of every human being. It is is for this reason that we can and must promote the common good and the well-being of all people. Wherever oppression and exploitation arise, it is an affront to our God-given dignity as human beings and a betrayal of our nature. Wherever hatred and dehumanization arise, There is a failure to honor the human person who was created in the image and likeness of God, but also a failure to honor the God who created the human being in God's own image. And part of the mission of the church is for us to affirm and respect the dignity of every human being. And one of the ways that we do that is by working for justice and peace in our society and in the world. One of the ways that the church lives into its mission is to be out in the world operating as a visible sign of God's love for all of humanity and for creation. It is for this reason that it is fitting and, and right that and some of our folks are at the, the Pride March this morning There they will be living into the baptismal covenant of of seeking and serving Christ in all persons, and loving their neighbors as themselves, and working for justice and peace, and respecting the dignity of every human being. This is just one of the ways that God calls us to participate in the life of God as we incarnate God's love through our actions in the world. And so when we say God is Trinity, we are saying God is love. This is what is revealed to us in the doctrine of the Trinity. This is the life that we come to participate in as we love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. God is love, and so we celebrate the God who loves us and redeems us and calls us to share in the communion that is love. God. Amen.